Go Loud presents Read the Room. Go Loud! Go loud. I don't know. Nobody eats pigeons off O'Connell Street. <laughs> can you imagine what? <laughs> well, there can was. You, can you imagine what they're eating? Abraca pigeon. I'm Paddy Courtney. <laughs> and I'm Maya Dunphy. And you're listening to Read the Room, yes. a podcast where we pull apart the people, the scenarios, the companies and the stories of the week where somebody, through either dumb luck or just being a dose, <laughs> failed to do just that. Paddy, what's your favourite fairy tale, can I ask? Yeah, that I, Sir Alex Ferguson will come back and uh, lead Man United <laughs> to glory once again. Well, even I know that's more of the pure fantasy genre, oh. Paddy. Now, this week, I want to chat about what's happened to good old-fashioned fairy tales. Oh, lovely. Let me get me soother and me jammies. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> again. <laughs> Right, so Paddy, this week yeah. I was uh, my little boy. Have I told you my mother? No, go I'm a on. mother. Oh yeah, <laughs> my little boy now because I read a lot to him, and now they're starting to sp- they're starting to read themselves. So books are being sent home from school that they can read with with parents rather than be read to. And this book came home, uh, The Three Billy Goats Gruff. Now, I remember that as a kid, and it wasn't one of the more sinister ones. Three goats in very small, middle and large, varying, varying sizes, going over a bridge. A troll stops, and the first one's clever enough to say, oh, no, my brother's bigger. The second one goes, my brother's bigger again. The third one comes, and it's huge, and tosses the troll off the river, and he drowns, and all the goats live happily ever after. In the new one, oh, right. on the final page, the I think the troll does fall into the, into the river gently, floats downstream, discovers an orchard and a carrot patch if, if there was a carrot patch carrot field and the last line is the troll discovered how delicious fruit and vegetables were and he never tried to eat a goat again mmm yummy <laughs> so he has some sort of vegan awakening and that is now look fairy tales have been sanitised over the years but to me, that's too extreme. I don't mind taking out gratuitous violence or something that will okay. actually really haunt a child. But that's But a lot of them did, much. didn't they? Oh, they were dark. About, they can were can dark. I honestly tell you, I did not know the story of Billy Goat's Gruff. Did you know? Yeah, Three Billy I, never, I, I was aware of it. Yeah. But not, because I was, Billy Goat's Gruff. The Three Pigs was the one that, that stood out for me. That, yeah. Like, and I think if you were, it just, it, what was that trying to tell you? Basically, he would huff and puff and blow certain houses down. And so was that from the construction industry was, was teaching you how to, <laughs> you should build house of bricks and mortar. That was about the value of working hard. So the pig who, it's a bit so like the, the first pig. biblical story of building your house on sand. So the first little pig built his house out of twigs or straw, right. I think. Second one, I can't remember. Poor Mud, little hippie. A hippie pig going, listen, just hope, sellotape Where and he twigs. He just did it. He built it out of hope and twigs. <laughs> so the third pig had the cop on to say, I'm going to build this properly. Take the time. It's about taking your time to do a job properly and then you won't get devoured by wild animals. So, <laughs> so there was always, and all fairy tales, they date back they date back years. It's all about morals. A lot of people don't even know who, who's written original fairy tales. Yeah. People talk about the Grimm brothers. But actually, the, I'm such a geek when it comes to, the, to, to this stuff. Oh, God. But the, the Grimm brothers, I mean, and they, they would be associated with Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and a lot of the big ones. But all the they, ladies. Huh? All the ladies. Nice the one, ladies. Grimm brothers. But they actually, um, they are 18th century 
17th century, there was a French writer called Charles Perrault, and he actually wrote Cinderella. So, so, and his was even, his, and, and also, what was the other one? Little Red Riding Hood he wrote. So the Grimm brothers, um, not plagiarised, they reimagined his stuff. And actually, they stuff gets sanitised with every generation. In the original, really whispers. It's something changes with yeah, every telling in the of little, it. In the original Little Red Riding Hood, which Charles Perrault would have actually um, got from somewhere else, because it's a bit like Irish myths and legends. Oh, but it's t- all about the oral spoken tradition and, and stories that were like, you know, pre-Christianity. And there were always tales of kind of community and morality and ethics. But actually the original, well, the, well, the, the, the earliest one that I know of, Little Red Riding Hood, this is so geeky now, it was more uh, a cautionary tale for women to not be flirtatious because the li- Little Red Riding Hood um, gets eaten by the wolf be- because she is flirtatious and precocious and that was the message in it well the name was there Little Red Riding <laughs> Little Mink she's like it's in her name she's letting you know I'm gamey lads you know going to head down to the forest clues in the title <laughs> whereas in the Grimm Brothers version she gets eaten by the wolf but her father who is a woodsman comes and opens the cuts open the wolf and the grandmother and Little Red Riding Hood jump out unscathed oh. Um, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't so, know so I'm aware of these stories, but not as aware. Yeah. And now, Little Red Riding Hood, okay. I'm not. I'm right, not sure anyone now. gets eaten at the end. Okay. Now they probably don't. I'm sure they all become friends, and the wolf is domesticated. And <laughs> she's ended up marrying the wolf now. <laughs> and he went to work in Wall Street, and he got a he got played by Leo DiCaprio, and and um, the my favorite. The, I the see one what I loved, you did there. Thank you. All. Um, I love that that story was great, but I didn't. I can't remember the dad cutting out cutting up the um the wolf. I always thought it was a bad ending that she got. And the one I like... remember in the kind of Ladybird books was obviously the wolf got there first, ate the grandmother. Red, oh, Red yes. Riding Hood was going to visit her grandmother. It was like, oh, what big teeth you have? Oh, what big ears you have? Old oh, Bird to eat you with. And then he eats her. And then the father comes along and goes, I better go and visit my mother and see how my daughter's getting on. What a terrible father. <laughs> Take this basket of apples through the woods to see your grandmother who lives alone in a cottage. This is a terrible family. So he kills the wolf, opens, slashes open his belly with his big axe and they leap out unscathed. That's the one I remember. Okay, right. uh, but I was a really sensitive kid. And I remember reading The Little Mermaid in the original book and that was Hans Christian Andersen his name he is on that one loads, he? but again they, they probably would have come from older right. um, Scandinavian stories but in the original one The Little Mermaid she basically sells her soul slash voice for a pair of human legs meets the prince and the witch says to her if he, if he doesn't fall in love with you you will turn to foam. And that's what happens in the end. It doesn't happen in the Disney version. But then Disney, Disney sanitised a lot of fairy tales, but they were still very dark. Yeah. But if they hadn't sanitised them, you, we wouldn't bring kids to see the original versions of them. I think we do need a little bit of darkness, though. There is. You I mean, know, if you think about Disney, everything from, from Bambi, and you think about the evil <sighs> witch in Sleeping Beauty. Well, Sleeping Beauty is not as banned now, I think, because of the uh, non-consensual kiss. Really? <laughs> I think just, so. Oh, really? I didn't know. Because oh, she's asleep and the prince lobs the gob, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. So I, th- I don't know how they're going to get around that one. I, I'm kind of stunned, sorry. I know, I, just, I know. <laughs> well, that's, but if you think about the, the um, sleep, like the evil witch in Disney, she was pretty dark. Yeah. The witch in the mirror and everything. That was, that was dark. So Disney sanitized them a little bit, still kept a bit of an edge. But now, I think it's really, as someone who's a sensitive child and the mother of a sensitive child, I still think it's important. Have a little bit of fear. a little bit scared. Yeah. And to kind of learn about that the real world involves poisoned apples and non-consensual. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it does actually. It basically what it means is never go asleep because there's somebody lurking there to go, hell you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. Never fall asleep. But I, I think with uh, Irish ones, 
I think like the the folklore of, like that we had like we have two different strands like the Celtic mythology and then the folklore so we mix between sort of uh, Daydan and Cúchulainn all yeah. those uh, the warriors the Fianna, and Fionn then and the, the Pu- and exactly and then the Puka the and Banshee, then you have the Banshee the so then stuff, separate yeah. side and I think it was our way really of because we're this small country and I think when the uh, the Fir Bullock uh, uh, two of the Danon arrived and Fir Bullock just said uh, they, they said give us half your country and the Fir Bullock went no lads come on this is not going to happen we'll fight you for it and I think all these stories that we have are just basically to show how brave and how great warriors, warriors we were not yeah. to like don't step to us or we'll um, but it's also it's, they're you, all full of prophecy it's all still about about morals and doing the right thing there's so I remember because I didn't I moved my family moved out of Ireland. <laughs> we moved to France when I was in second class. So, and then I came back. Then we didn't do any more myths and legends. But I, ha- I remember being obsessed with a book, Deirdre of the Sorrows. Well, I would have been in first class. And I, I think, can almost I think we still... had her for maths. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the name we had for one of our teachers. <laughs> oh Jesus, she hugging Deirdre of the Sorrows. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> and they were terribly romantic. Oh yeah, you know it was all about sort of star-crossed lovers and. And and fighting to the death and kings and princesses and paganism. And it's all obviously way long, long, long pre pre Christianity. But the Tiernan Oak was the, the favorite was was the Tiernan most Oak. romantic one at all. Oh when my God. like you just you travel to the land, um it was Ushin and he met this gorgeous Neve. woman on a horse and yes. he said, like, come to Tiernan Oak and Ushin, who was who was the son of Fionn, who was the guy who accidentally ate the salmon of knowledge. Oh yeah, yeah. just because he burnt his hand, he wasn't yeah. good at cooking. Yeah. He, no, there should have been a woman there to look after. Oh Jesus. <laughs> look at the daggers, look <laughs> at the daggers. No, but like it's so romantic that when we heard that, it's just that is amazing. And you're trying to think how like you go like three years in Tiernan Oak was 300 years in Ireland and I just thought that's amazing because like you'd love to go there and like it was this the eternal be careful what you wish for kind of thing yeah. the eternal youth and you come back and probably everybody is dead and I think the problem was how it happened was he was reaching down off his horse he wasn't going to get down off his horse he was just reaching down slipped well if down. anyone doesn't know Oshin uh, a woman appeared in said, his you, part of there, the love? world on a white horse and he fell in love with her and his father Fionn kind of warned him if you go to Tiernanog where she's from you will never be able to come back but he loved her so much these beautiful minxes <laughs> he jumped on the horse rode off to Tiernanog and everything was great then there was food and wine and laughter. It was crack, but he missed home. So that's so it was three years, as you said. And he came. So she said, "You can take the horse back, but stay uh, on the horse. But stay on the stay horse. On Don't the horse. touch." And he, he arrived home and went. Where's all my family gone? Because three hundred years had passed. It was like going on a really good holiday, <laughs> yeah. and you come home and you go, "No one, no one knows me anymore. I feel Lads, like I've I got changed." Sombreros for After everybody. After my week in Benidorm, not the same anymore. <laughs> But the basic tenets of all religions, all of them, the basic rules for most religions are good. It's like, don't be an asshole, be nice to your neighbour, treat people well, you know, help people who are less fortunate than yourself, all that. But Read the room. It's just basic religions. Lads, read the room, will you? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And that's what fairy tales did too. And the funny thing is now that we are kind of emerging into a more secular world, and like, for example, my little boy's six, six and a half, and I, I, I... he, you know, he's being raised with a little bit of faith, but it's how do you raise a child with compassion and with empathy and with decency, um, but not with the religious moral code? Like, where do you get your moral code from? The Scandinavians have a kind of a whole new way of kind of teaching kids through compassion. But 
I think for kids, rules are good. So I think maybe we should teach our kids through myths, legends and fairy tales and just scare the bejesus <laughs> out of them. I did accidentally. This happened. I, I don't have kids. Um, do you have? I do. Oh, I've ever yeah, mentioned yeah, it. Here's a photo of them. <laughs> um, very We made bright. a, a very, show very a few years ago for RT Junior called Dig in Diner and it was the crack. I'd never made uh, kids TV before and... Um, Werner um, Coben made this show called Digging Diner about a, a bunch of vegetables who have a diner, and I was Digger the gardener, and I, I grew that. It was so much fun. It was like a hundred ten minute episode, ten minute episodes. Did you do hundred? We did. They wanted hundred and twenty, oh, but like we just go. There's only so many vegetables in the world that you can talk about. <laughs> like, but it was so much fun. It really was. Like, um, and so uh, we had. Um, our, 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 our lead singer of the band so we had a band called The Digettes and the lead singer was Cornsuela she was a, a Mexican uh, corn on the cob uh, a diva and then we had Spud and Karate and, um, and Brock the broccoli and basically they had this cafe I produced the food every week and they would cook the food and then different people would come uh, into Tuberty was there the Happy Pear Boys were there Nevin McGuire all these different people would come into the um, the place Cornsuela we would have our own little allotment Cornsuela was just genius name well done Warren Perot they um, they, they, we had our own little allotment and each week we'd have different kids in the allotment and I realised then quite soon uh, as we looked then kids learning empathy the best way I think is teaching them how to grow something so if a kid grows a seed and they look after this seed and they nurture this seed and they're learning like without it's kind of okay to grow that seed into food and then eat it whereas you know with a, with a pet you know, it naturally comes and the pet dies and there's lots of sad stories or it goes down to the farm Jesus, down the country. It quickly. But, but have it, I think it's a very simple way and I think they should introduce gardening as a subject yeah. into, into school and it just teaching kids that idea of taking care of something or be mindful of something or something else that is not you. And I think it's probably, that became a bit preachy there, but it is a great did, way I think I of, of, of bringing I know a lot of serial killers who, who keep you tend very nice gardens so I don't think I believe that at no, all. The, the only reason they tend those gardens is because <laughs> what's buried underneath? <laughs> <laughs> he says with his own allotment. But yeah, I, I think it is so, like without tr- frightening the bejesus out of them, it's, you know, how, yeah. how else? Well, that's the thing because with, with all these stories, most of them revolve around kind of the perils of vanity or greed or lust, all those kind of seven deadly sins and then the church took over. But as a moral code, most of them weren't weren't that bad and a little bit of fear is, isn't, isn't, isn't necessarily. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and buy a, like a, an anthology of Irish myths and legends. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. Okay. I have there kind of fairy tales, but I don't have one. I'm going to get one with, with my son, but they're... Uh, Bernard Dunn, do you know the boxer Bernard Dunn? I do. Um, has a great show with Firebrand called Irish Myths and Legends. I think there's does a couple he? of series, yeah. A couple of uh, uh, series of it. He's a good guy. Yeah, and, uh, and it does delve back into that world. And then the same uh, company, like this is just advertising for all the shit I write. Um, the same company, Firebrand, we made a show called uh, Blast from the Past. We're currently making series two at the moment. And it's about this girl who is a time-travelling teenager and she gets to travel back to all the different various um, moments of time. For example, St. Patrick has lost his crozier and she's got to kind of put it back into his hand so that there's no snakes in Ireland, yada, yada, yada. But the great thing about RTE, and um, they've given us licence to play with different moments of time so it doesn't have to be factual because, like, you know, if Patrick was around, you know, I I don't know if the stories that have kind of filtered down to now are actually that true. I know, well, just to be clear, there were actually never snakes in Ireland. What? No. Sorry. Sorry to burst your crozier bubble. (laughs) 
But now I don't. I like getting back to the fairy tales. I don't like the term snowflake. I think I think it's unfair. I think it's harsh on the next generation. But <laughs> okay, all right, but, but actually, no. Please help. Do you know? Because I ignore these kind of snowflakes. Like putting people into a box. What is a snowflake? What's it defined well, as? I, I, I don't. I, I, is it just because I think it's someone who's, who's simply just... not tough enough for the world, ah. and that and that kind of it's. I think it's unfair that they're not they're not raised the way we were with enough knocks like the school of hard knocks. I think they are. Jesus, like house prices alone would knock the stuff out right. of you nowadays. Um, but having said that, I think there is. You know, we kind of we still have this idea that kids can't handle certain things. I mean, think of like I grew up with Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl's so dark. <laughs> I mean, in a way, he kind of he kind of created modern fairy tales, but they were dark and people died, and yeah. you know, children were orphaned and bad things happened. And Gustav Gloop. Yeah, no, there was but there's a lot of bad. And, but again, even like yeah, we talk about Willy Wonka. Again, that was all those little. Um, Morals and warnings about like, if you're that kind of a child, yeah, if you're, watch what if will you're, happen to if you. If you're greedy, if you're vain, if you're not, if you're unkind, and it, it's all about sort of being humble. And they're pretty good life lessons. And every single fairy tale has that kind of moral code. Tell you about hard, hard rap though. Stepmothers, <laughs> and right, somebody yeah. who then became a stepmother. It's like Jesus, you gotta, you're unpicking a lot. Exactly that. But they were like they were on the nose though as well. You couldn't like so. What would the ugly sisters be called now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, just, actually, in the here we go again. In Charles Perrault's Cinderella, oh. the sisters weren't ugly. They, they were, were actually brothers. They were beautiful. <laughs> they were beautiful. They just had. They were described as having bad personalities. Oh, good. And that's more interesting because it's about here's three sisters who are all lovely, but two of them are absolute cows, and one is really kind. But in the original one, when they, when the prince comes around with the um, slipper. slipper with the glass shoe. Actually, it was gold in the original one, and was it was glass in the Grim Brothers one. They couldn't I'm afford such a geek gold. Stuff. Yeah. Price um, of gold went the, the roof. Back ugly then. sisters. One of them cuts her toes off, and one of them hacks her heel off to try and get into the shoe. Oh, so Jesus. it's really viscerally violent. Um, and obviously, brilliant. those things you can kind of, I think you could probably cut out. Yeah. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she knows a hoof. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, they're good. I didn't know that. that. Stuff is dark. Yeah. Okay. This like is Rumpel, welcome to Rumpel's, read the room educational podcast. Rumpelstiltskin. All these ones. They were very. What was his story? They were. Well, I've said it out loud. And now I can't really remember. <laughs> it's a good word to say. Rumpel. Rumpelstiltskin. He was some kind of evil troll. I thought he was a, a God, relative so, of Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> there's so many I can't remember. And Rapunzel. And they were all. But they were all. There's all these women that were like stories. Bad shit happened to these women. Yeah. So it was it all, all the people who wrote these down was kind of like a confessional. A lot of them, well, a lot of them were cautionary tales for women. Keep, let's be honest. Keep, yeah. it, keep you in your box if you don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, when you think about it. Although um, stepmother, the one the, in Ireland, the, the worst stepmother was, was her name? Aoife. She uh, hooked up with the King Lear, the children of Lear. And <gasps> uh, I think she got on with the kids at the start, yes. thought for a bit of crack and then decided, you and know what? Your mind. I don't like mm, you. So, so on sure your marks, get this. set, swans. Swans. <laughs> Just like, um, I think, was it 900 years? Yeah, yeah. Transformed them into swans for 900 years. Jesus. Oh, yeah. And it broke down. 300 years were spent on Lake Devara. Another three years to be spent on the Sea of Moyle. And the final 300 years, she was very specific, wasn't she? On the island of Inishglora. And that's Jesus. why swans are so angry. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had an incident with a spawn on the golf course. And I probably deserved it because I shouldn't be playing golf. Like, But um, <laughs> kept, like kept coming at me. Like, it just I was just looking for... Uh, a ball I'm not never I'm looking for my third ball I was looking for a ball in the bushes and uh, a swan came, came at me like, and you have you, your you ball you kind of think uh, maybe that was it oh do swans lay eggs I'm sure yeah of course they do but you can't say of course they do do they're, penguins they're yes 
Oh, Jesus Christ. I said, as Jesus I said, welcome Christ. to Educational Honey, Podcast. Birds, birds lay eggs. They don't give birth to... Do you want to, to see the bird I saw down to, the lane uh, way on the way live here? young. Uh, yes, penguins lay eggs and actually the man does all the work. Daddy does all the work. He Tip keeps top. the egg. He keeps the egg under his, um, on top of his feet and... Uh, um, and he hatches the egg. But maybe and then yes, the swan thought I was, I was playing eggs. around with their eggs then. They probably did. I just thought you were a shit yeah. golfer. <laughs> and I was sick that. of your birdie That's, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave that in. She's a comedy writer, you know. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm Tell so me sorry. About, like, Don't okay, judge so me. The one we haven't done or, or spoke about was the was Goldilocks. So what, like, what would have been? I'm, I'm trying to work oh, out the Oh, that's not allowed anymore because you know, breaking and entering, bed hopping, <laughs> stealing people's food. No, 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 no. What was the what, like? Okay, because I'm trying to break down what it was. The, what was the moral that they were trying to? Uh, okay, push through. let's think about this one. They. She. Is it so? Okay, the whole idea was part so of like. Goldilocks breaks into the bear's house when they're out waiting for their porridge to cool down, and she tastes the. Dad's porridge is too hot. Mother's porridge is too is too cold. Baby's porridge is just, just right. right. Eats all of it. Then goes for a little lie down after I eating all it. our food. I'm to work it out now. Don't eat mum or dad's food like it's just like so. Baby porridge is for you. You're Goldilocks. You're a kid. No, that's so, not that. I hadn't thought this through at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's. Uh, if and anybody then, and should then he know, he lies down in daddy's bed, and that's too big or too hard. Then mummy's bed. Obviously, mummy daddy bear aren't sharing a bed for some reason. Something's happened there. There was a problem. That's another top story. Mummy's um, bed is too soft. And then baby bear's bed is just right. right. The bears come home. They see their food's been tampered with slash baby bear's food's been completely um, devoured. They then go, oh, go upstairs. And they, they who's been sleeping in my bed? Sleeping in my bed. Someone's sleeping in my bed. She's still in there. Um, what is the moral I don't of that know, story? Man. Just don't break it. Well, what happened to her in the end? She became mates with them, didn't she? I think, well, I don't know. I presume it, there's probably an original story where she was savaged and eaten yeah, by them. for the bears. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame them, would you? Yeah. Exactly, they were eating fucking porridge for years ago like that. Do you know what we could do with it's here? Like for fuck's sake. <laughs> we could do it actually. Just out for a second eat walk. the Goldilocks. What um, was the moral of that one? Yeah, I don't know. But, but Forg- you know, like, was it forgiveness? Because I, it, maybe they forgave her and they became pals. Or did okay. they, or was she condemned to like 20 years of hard labour? 24 months on Oh, remand. and that's where, the, that's where the term does a bear shit in the woods come from. They <laughs> took her out. <laughs> <laughs> think about what you've done, Goldilocks. <laughs> Let's get back to fairy tales. But uh, they they have We should sorry, make we think. should make fairy tales. I, I do go dark with them again. So if they're gonna sanitize them, maybe that's what we should do. We should try and bring back the original and kind of bring a bit of darkness. Not to frighten kids, but just to kind of um, show how they, these stories can be told. I mean, without... I think there are still people. If you think about, it, I mean, J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter. Those stories aren't okay. They're twenty years old now, but they still have, <clears throat> you know, so much sway. But that was still, you know, Harry was an orphan. He was mistreated by his aunt and uncle. Like I never actually read the books, but I'm vaguely aware of them. And again, it's all about good versus evil and the triumph of good. And they're pretty, pretty dark in places. Now, it's all supernatural and all that, but that's very much like Irish myths and legends are all supernatural yeah. and paganism and all that. But I think if we boil wash these things so much that evil trolls become vegetarians and learn the error of their ways, where's the lesson in that? Yeah. Whereas also- that troll was a bully. Yeah. He was an asshole and a bully and his comeuppance was that he was savage. He became president by of the United States of America. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Amazing, God. isn't it? Like, But you know what? That's actually a very valid point because we have kind of proven now as a species that you can be really, really bad and be rewarded. 
So maybe we need more dark fairy tales to stop this thing, okay. this kind of stuff happening. Is that what's happened? I, I don't know. I haven't thought that through at all. No, but but that makes sense. Hi, welcome we to do. my Makes Sense. We reward, we reward lies and we reward mistruths and we reward the wrong kind of people. That's, yet again, yet another read the room. Is it, we've, we've done it quite a bit on lies, just people out and out. That's the read the room thing. It's just like not, not being truthful, not telling. Well, of course, like politicians, um, time in memoriam have told lies. Politicians can't tell the truth, which is such a shame yeah. if they did. It seems to be... Wouldn't it be lovely to have somebody... Who actually had a moral code? They wouldn't last in a politics, and they'd be no. Or maybe there's the special handshake. You know, you go in there, you've got these great ideas beforehand. And your manifesto was laid out there, ready to change the world, and then you get voted in, and they kind of give you the special handshake and come into the room here. You've got the golden toilet, and you've got this, and you've got that. So change those silly ideas that you have I here. I think there's a lot of truth in that, and certainly you're not just in politics, but in civil service across the board. Is it power? That sometimes no. Do you know what? I think sometimes people are get are defeated. Because you only have one life and you go in and you, you just you think you're going to do things differently. You're going to turn on its head and you think you're going to make the changes that people need. And then, I don't know, you think you get defeated and you go native because you think, right, I have one stab at this. So either I'm the person who's very unpopular, tries to make the changes and ends up probably being ousted. Or I just try and do a little bit of good, take the money, sit in the corner and kind of kowtow a little bit I don't know I'd... that's the story of the children of Lear isn't it she thought she was going to get on with these stepkids yeah. and have a great crack and then they realised these constituencies are, our constituents are a bunch of could turn them into swans it would be great or no do you know what turn them into pigeons <laughs> far less attractive <laughs> but tastier that's not what happened but tastier we um, can't eat swans Jesus they're protected yeah but if you could eat them would you I would not alright okay no you're, you, you're not a vegetarian. Have you? I, I, I am now. I'm now vegetarian. Probably about four fifths of the week. Okay, <laughs> that's se- for seven that's days. That's just okay, right. that's just a get out clause. Like right, I've never okay, seen right. eating a burger at four a.m. You can't go. You said you were a vegetarian. I do. I have dramatically reduced my meat intake. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't eat so. a swan. I did cook pigeon in the MasterChef semi-final, though. I'd never cooked pigeon before. Okay, it is kind of delicious. I had to go out and catch it myself. No, what? I, no, I hey. didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the birds, toppings a bag. What's the weirdest food you've tasted? Um, Have you tasted snake and lo- crocodile and those no, things? No, never done that. Like, But um, insects, locusts and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think that's probably the way we should be going. There's so much protein in yeah. insects around the world that, you know, and we can make kind of burgers or patties out of these things. So I think... Um, Eating insects. I'd like to try things. Yeah. Um, the day, I did but, um, a documentary on that many years ago. Oh, and I, yeah. About eating insects. About the future of uh, future of food. I was way ahead of my time. Head of the curve, Paddy. Head but of the curve. That this is like to, nine years ago. So isn't that what happened to, we'll, we'll wrap up on this, but that happened to Cucullin. So there was a story years ago that you could never turn your back on hospitality and eating dog meat was taboo. And this witch had offered him some dog food and he had to make the choice He was, the conundrum was do I turn down the hospitality or do I eat the dog food God that, that was, that was yeah. like visiting your mate's house yeah. as a kid and they, they take out this food you don't like you know, will I turn it down or will <laughs> I offend them was that the house that's like, of cabbage it's or the liver and eggs? onions it's the liver and onions but he did, yeah, so um, Cucullin. Find out more about the story of Cucullin later on. And um, that was our episode on myths and legends and fairy tales I and am folklore. Going to, I am going to go and order a oh. book on myths and legends. No, I'm not going to order. I'm going to go into a shop and buy it. Oh, do that. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, right, do so, Paddy, that's it for this week. And I'm off to continue my fairy tale existence. <laughs> so that means laundry and falling asleep in front of Netflix, right? <laughs> Pretty much.
Anyways, if you like what you heard, I hope you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Tell your friends to check us out too. If you fancy leaving us a review, a nice one, or give us the L five stars, that'll help us get Read the Room right up the chart. <laughs> and don't forget, if you want to get in touch about anything or anyone, let us know at readtheroom at goloudnow.com or find me on Twitter at Maya Dunphy. Say nice things to her, please. And I'm at Paddy C. Courtney. We'll be back next week, unless we're cancelled by then. What does the C stand for? Oh, it's really simple. It's Cucullin. <laughs> Goodbye. Read the Room is recorded, created and hosted by Paddy and Maya and produced by the team at Go Loud Studios. They'll be back next week, unless they're cancelled. Dear Aunt Paddy. Didn't know that. I didn't I didn't say, I, I never got to see March of the Penguins. The one with, um, was it, who narrated that? He's got the Oh, best Morgan Freeman. Gorgeous voice. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Uh, I would like Morgan Freeman to just narrate my life on a daily basis. There she goes, waiting for the bus. Here's Maya sitting in the corner (laughs) crying again.